Joe, I heard that Snoopy has decided to stop doing the comic strip. No. He's tired of working for Peanuts. Why, because he's an elephant or something? <laughs> he's not an elephant. I guess an elephant might like working for Peanuts. Okay. What instrument does a lighthouse operator like to play? The skin flute. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, when not playing the foghorn. Foghorn. The yeah, foghorn? We'll go with skin flute. No, okay. Foghorn. I like foghorn. I say, I say. You like, I like horn too. You know, I mean, are these too clean? Should I go back to the whole, the whole? <laughs> so my wife came back from the gynecologist and was told she couldn't have sex for a week. So I said, well, what did the dentist say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's okay. I think that's something your, uh, your nieces could listen to. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. I'm Joe. Welcome to Carnival Personnel Podcast. Joe, how are you? Oh, just peachy. I mean, have you seen the news lately? How could you no. not have a smile on your face? I, uh, I, I, I'm under this pile of coats, <laughs> <laughs> hoping everything works out, avoiding the news. Uh, but first, are you enjoying your Labor Day weekend? You, you of anybody, you of anybody deserve this Labor Day weekend. Yeah, I think I am. You know, I thought I would just, you know, make up a big batch of popcorn, park myself in front of the old Radiation King TV, and <laughs> soak in 20 hours of the good old-fashioned Jerry Lewis telethon, <laughs> which I, I think you can on YouTube now. I think that there are probably like four decades of that stupid telethon in some way, shape, or form on YouTube. So you could make a run of it. I, I would. I, I would. I would honestly... If we were ever to do a GoFundMe charity event or something like that where we had to binge watch like 48 straight hours of no sleep Jerry Lewis marathon, I would I would gladly do that with you. But we'd, we'd have to get golden era. You know, it would have to be just the right like late know, 70s, years. 80s. Yes. Although there are some gems in the 90s and Early two thousands, maybe, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. When we went the ones where he's, you know, in hour sixteen, and he's getting ornery, and he starts making fun of his, you know, Jewish band leader or something like that. <laughs> like, yeah, it becomes a little, a little less sweet. Don Rickles. <laughs> I think he Don like, Rickles without the warmth. <laughs> didn't he make fun of like a a, a gay stagehand or something yeah. like that? He really did. And it wasn't a passing thing. It was a, a whole bit. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right, right. Yeah, it but, was a theme. There was a theme week. Before we get into everything, I want to give a shout out again to our good friend Steve and Floor, who are in Philly this week uh, with, with their absolute ray of sunshine, uh, Hayden, and just want to say, like, truly thinking about them a lot and wishing for the best for them, like, I don't. I don't know if you know better people than than, than Steve and Floor, but I, I really couldn't couldn't you know couldn't wish for any more for two people or oh, three people you know Hayden included. Of so. course, same. Well you said. Know, I, oh, I, I, go ahead. I, no, I actually literally thought I told management. It's like, hey, you know, 
I, I'd actually drive down because we keep wanting to take long trips. You know, we like getting in the car and driving for five or six hours. Like a couple of weeks ago when we went to get, you know, the dog from JFK, we drove down and back in one day and it was nice. You know, we, we found a, a great like deli in Brooklyn that she's wanted to go to that we got takeout from and stuff like, and we made a nice road trip, David, I would actually go down there overnight just to kind of, you know, keep them company and say, hi, I've actually toyed with that idea. It depends on how long this trip takes. I actually might do it with just one of the boys, you know, um, just honestly, dude, just to get the hell out of like, my house for a couple of days. So, yeah. but anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there before we, we got into everything. Great. Yeah. Good luck. Godspeed. I, I'm so, I, I honestly, I do have sincere emotions. I can't express them on account <laughs> of the autism. Hey, that's what I'm See, blaming it on. So, so, so uh, I'm your Troy and you're my Abbott from, from community. I don't know if you get that, nope. but tr- Troy and Abbott in the morning, I'm telling you, you just, you, you know, I don't know if you ever see that on Twitter or just look on Twitter for like Troy and Abbott in the morning and people hashtag that a lot when Ellen DeGeneres is getting under so much fire lately. So many people are like, can we please replace it with Troy and Abbott in the morning? Your uh, Twitter looks a little different than mine. A little different than yours. A little, 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 little less, you know, you know I, 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 I just don't said. A term that I, I would have maybe said easily three years ago. <laughs> that Sarah Silverman would regret five years later. <laughs> right. So I just like, hey, I just before we started recording this, I realized I am so dialed out of the sports world. And I mean so dialed out of the sports world. Before next week's Carnival Personnel, the Patriots, by the time the next episode of Carnival Personnel drops, the Patriots would have already lost to the Miami Dolphins. And I'm not saying that because Tom Brady left. We just pencil in one loss to the Dolphins a year. Right. Lose now or lose later. Yeah. 15-1. and one. Oh, who was the one loss? Oh, it was the 3-13 and 13 Miami Dolphins. They killed them that year. Uh, I'm thinking maybe we'll do a sideshow. Like, it might be the shortest sideshow ever, like a 10-minute rundown so we can get our predictions on tape, so when we say, "Oh, you know, you know, Jock's jumping on the bandwagon because uh, you know Julian Edelman is single-handedly, you know, carrying the team to the promised land," you know, I- I- I'm going to say it now. I-, I really think they're going to have probably one of the best eight and eight seasons. And then, actually, who am I kidding? I think the Patriots are going to have a two and three season before the season's put on hold and the NFL struggles to figure out, like, if they come up with some bubble thing three months later when COVID's second wave hits. Hey, but well, Do you think there's a line on that at Vegas? I, there's got to be. There, there literally has to. There's a line for everything. Yeah. You know what? Well, I'm going to think of a radical idea right now. Instead of a sideshow about the upcoming Patriots season, let's do um, a sideshow within a regular show. We'll call it a okay. segment, and we'll just like carve out some time in our regular one project for Joe to edit a week that you know we can sort of you know compartmentalize that little portion of sports in with maybe within the larger sport segment. I don't know. I'm just thinking outside here, the box. That's I'm saying words that don't make sense. Over. Okay. Just so you can see, mm-hmm. you're officially going on the list. Oh no! <laughs> Punch Joe. Oh. 
already have punched Joe in the face 614 times here since the last time. I Not enough times. Too. Not we enough got, times. We got, I let some things slide. Mm-hmm. I let some things slide. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe we'll talk a little bit about that in sport. Now, we'll, 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 we'll get into a little somber um, right after our podcast recorded last week. I mean, within within a half hour an hour after you and I got done yapping at each other over FaceTime, got the news that um, the King T'Challa has passed. He has that, a that, name. That, he has a real that, name. That, 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 that Jackie Robinson that has passed. That Thurgood Marshall has passed. That James Brown has passed. That All, character from The Five Bloods has passed. Uh, Chadwick Boatman. Um, nope. Close. I, I, so I can't close. say certain names. I, it's Chadwick Bozeman. Bozeman. Um, and, and yeah, management had called down to me saying, I hope this is a joke. Sadly, it wasn't a joke. Um, and by and, the way, that speaks a lot about how morose Twitter is. Like that right. Chadwick Bozeman dying. <laughs> what a joke. Anyways, on to the next awful thing. So it's one of those things where, yeah, I, I, I saw 42. He, he's an amazing actor. He's just an amazing actor. But I won't ever forget like what Black Panther meant to so many people. I, I my my biggest takeaway from you know his career it was one of those set up things. And I think I want to say I want to say it was Jimmy Fallon had rented out a theater. You know invite it like you know a neighborhood or you know uh, you know and it was one of those things where the audience was largely black and then there was a cardboard cutout and they were asking people to like basically say to the cardboard cutout like what they thought of the movie and and, you know and how they feel type thing what was the cardboard cutout of uh, uh, of of you know um king t'challa king t'challa black panther and then chat work would come out from behind the curtain. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and and the people were like, you know, going off about how much they love it. Well, women would be like, oh my God, he is the sexiest thing ever. It's like, he's sexy, but like, you know, you know, uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan, it's like, wow, you know, type thing. And then he come out and goes, hey, I worked out a lot too. But there was one woman who was just with her 10-year-old son and just in tears, just absolutely in tears about what it meant like being recognized and having a real, and she was just so happy that her son's going to grow up in a world where a bona fide A-list superhero on the level of Captain America, Thor, like a real, 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 real A-list. And let's, you know, yeah, the, the, the Avengers were an inclusive group, but let's face it. I mean, you're not going to put, you know, any of the people on the same level, uh, you know, the billion dollar absolute, you know, blockbuster, you know, um, it was Don Cheadle's character. I can't, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, um, he was, uh, uh, a war machine, war machine. Right. But he, but he was the sidekick. Right. And, and he was also the second person to portray him person. (laughs) Right. Right. In two movies. Like, you know, it's not like there's a new Batman every three movies, you know, it's, and so it it just meant so much. And I just, the reaction and just seeing it, you know, a lot, a lot of my friends, you know, who are big comic book people have been waiting 
a very long time for somebody to make that big of a splash in this world, to not be a sidekick, to not be an afterthought, to not be, you know, so he, he was amazing. And this week, you probably fell down the, the same wormhole I did watching different speeches and interviews that he's given over the years. A couple that really stood out is, um, I don't know if you saw the, the clip where he was presenting Denzel Washington yes. with an award and how Denzel Washington had paid for him to go to you know the, this, this certain program. And just the way he spoke about Denzel's like not just this gift that he gave to me, but the gift you gave to every actor that's come after you who's standing on your show. I mean, it was just so such such a great speech. And and uh, the other thing is now that we know what he was going through while making that movie uh, and and the ones that followed that that he was part of. Oops, visiting children's hospitals and cancer things, but never making it about himself, never saying, oh, man, this really sucks. Boy, do I understand what you're going through. You know, man, do I know how the chemo kicks your ass. Man, do I know, like, the thoughts of am I going to make it just are so prevalent. He never, ever, and I forget the actor, but management was playing me an interview where a movie that he has coming out soon you know one of his co-stars was talking about to be honest it was a little difficult making this movie with him because i knew him before black panther and i knew him during this movie during this movie he became one of those hollywood guys who had his trainer with him who had his dietitian with him who had a nurse with him because he kept getting dehydrated and needed fluids and he you know, it's always taking these, right? And, and then the guy's like breaking down in tears. It's like, I didn't know. Like in my head, I'm like, oh, he's gone Hollywood now. You know, it's like, it's gone to his head. It's like, you know, he's, he's late to the set sometimes. He takes a little longer in between takes. He goes back to his trailer. And it's like, I'm literally the whole time thinking, oh, you know, yeah, he's a great actor, but, you know, he's gone Hollywood now. And now, I can't believe what an ass I did because he was truly fighting to keep working and, and to not make his problems everybody's problems and to do what he loved till he couldn't do it anymore. Yes. And I, um, I haven't seen it yet, but I will look at the Disney uh, tribute to Chadwick Boseman that they aired ABC on, the, the, I think, that Sunday they devoted the entire night to airing Black Panther commercial free on ABC, which is cool. But then they also had that special tribute to Chadwick Boseman, which is now on Disney Plus. So I'm going to check that out. So, yeah, Chadwick Boseman is just a, you know, you, the more you hear about the guy, the more you wish cancer would go fuck itself in its ass. So, you know, um, we'll wrap it up by just saying Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever from two white guys. So right after we did the podcast, um, it turns out, you know, we find out that awful news. And then my oldest kid, while getting me a lamp, broke his ankle. <laughs> uh, little inside baseball there. But I, I did. It's, it's been a crazy week because, you know, last week my dad had back surgery and he's doing great. He's doing really great. Like I said, we just... You know, we're uh, a foster home for a great three-legged dog named Logan who is. He's just an effing sweetheart. Um, but, you know, it, it's been a week of 
He did it last Friday. And of course, because his father is a troglodyte who tries to walk things off like a broken ankle himself, he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It hurts. It's sprained. You know, was really favoring it. But he's like, no, we can go home because we were, we were out doing something. And we get home. And then at night, like in the middle of the night, he texts. It's like, you know, Papa, my leg really hurts. So I go down and, you know, he has a full-on cankle at that mm. point. And he was really tired. So I'm like, okay, well, we're not going to do much now, you know, so we'll go first thing in the morning and then we go the x-rays. Yep. It's broke, but it's also broken a weird way where it's like, we're not going to put in a cast cause we're going to send you get an MRI and see an orthopedic surgeon because you might need to, uh, you know, have, uh, have some bionics put in there. So we had three trips into Boston this week to see a specialist, to get the MRI. We go back, we don't go back to Wednesday um, because the specialist is going on vacation this weekend, long weekend, and it's like, and, and, and even and, they and, need and, breaks too, you know. And it's like it is. It's like one of those things. It's like, well, they've immobilized it. You know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna grow back and grow wrong in like the five days. But it's also one of those things where, as a dad, you're kind of like, oh, well. Is there somebody else who can look at this then and and start the healing process? But yeah, and and I and I feel bad because like we've had a flake on piano two weeks in a row. It's like two weeks ago it was my youngest kid decided I didn't need a laptop anymore, um, which threw our world upside down. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I get that back on Tuesday myself, and then um, the next the next week in rolls. They have one they have one lesson a week. You think we could get one lesson? And then, of course, this week, we're like, oh, we're trying to do it in the middle of the week. But it's like, no, the many trips from Lowell to Mass General, uh, which on Thursday was um, full-on pre-pandemic long weekend traffic. You mm-hmm. know, it took us 40 minutes to get in there. It took us about an hour and a half. But, uh, but like I said, uh, it's, been, it's been a fun-filled week around here. And our Labor Day plans... Absolutely no plans. We have plans. I have plans to be out in Phoenix with the F&H crew, with with Biff and All-Star and Taylor, because remember this, the quaint COVID thing when it when it was really kicking everybody's ass in March and April and how our uh, Memorial Day thing got pushed from Memorial Day to Labor Day because at one point the world thought, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, no, we, we can schedule things for five months from now. We should have this under control. Yeah. Oh, good old optimism. You know, and my my week has also been a, a little rudderless because this is the first week since March that the organization I've been volunteering with called LAMA, which I'm not a thousand percent sure. It's one of those things where when you first see Agent Colson in Iron Man, um, saying to Pepper the full name of Shield, what Shield actually means, <laughs> uh, and, and how people went really out of their way to make Shield fit into that acronym. Yeah, Llama, uh, I think, stands for Llewellyn's lifting all mass holes <laughs> again. again. I, I don't know, but it's, it's for the last, you know, six months. It's every Wednesday morning I get up and it's the only schedule I've had. It's the only consistency I've had. Cause we change our time. When we do the podcast, we change piano a bit. We change everything else is in flex, but that 
every Wednesday at 8 a.m., I met the van at the food bank, loaded it up, then drove over to the church and unloaded it. Wednesday afternoon, the bags were packed. And then Thursday morning, doing the food drop-off. So this is the first week, you know, my reminder goes off. And I, I, was, I was sad. I was sad that it's like, okay, well, what about all these families we've been feeding our, you know, and the thought was a lot of the people associated with Lama are teachers or work in the schools who were home, you know, I mean, you know, weren't working and, and uh, like a third of the volunteers and everybody was to go back to school now, you know, in our town, it's just pushed another week, mm. but still, so, and I think a lot of the thought was, well, the kids will be coming back and getting their breakfast and lunch there type thing. I, I you know, so anyways, it's wound down. I'm a little bit more rudderless um, and of course with school and our town now, not starting to the 16th of September, you know, that's two more weeks of kind of living and, and, you know, the, um, uh, uh what, what do you call it? Not purgatory. Um, uh, like the nothingness of void, like oh, yeah, the, the empty void of, of life. So you're living so that, in, you're living in the co-void. <laughs> See what you've done there. You take in this pandemic and you've and made I added it your an bitch. O. Yeah, <laughs> you made it your bitch. Um, it's fun, uh, you know. Before the podcast, I was we were yapping, Joe, and I was saying I've been trying to really take a break from the awfulness because what is Lawrence O'Donnell going to say that Rachel didn't say the hour before, you know, what is, Oh, I'll toggle between like, what, what is, what is, uh, what is Wolf Blitzer saying that, you know, uh, you know, Anderson Cooper won't be saying in an hour. So, so I, I've tried to take a break listening to the, like this week, I've been listening to the kinks a lot. I could do a sideshow on the kinks. It's a band that it's one of the greatest bands ever. And they were the original, um, uh, the two brothers from Oasis who, if if they could stop their fighting, would have been on the same footing as the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. But every time they they just are taking that next step up the ladder, the two brothers would get into a fist fight on stage in the middle of a world tour, cancel it, not talk for a year, then get back together put out another great album. It would get them back to where they were. Their next album puts them over the top on a world tour, get into a big fist fight on stage. You know, don't, don't talk for a year. They couldn't, they couldn't stop themselves for 20 years every single time. But I think uh, I heard an interview with, a, was it maybe Liam Gallagher? Is Liam and Owen is the other one? I, I think so, yes. I think Liam Gallagher told a story. I'm not sure when this happened, but... At one point, he got so pissed at his brother that he literally pissed on his brother's stereo equipment. <laughs> he just like whipped out his dick and just started urinating on some, you know, high fidelity sound <laughs> engineering there. And um, That's yeah, awesome. and and I don't think they had a lot of money at the time, you know. <laughs> but it's one of those things. It's like it's not like the Beatles where. You know, they all went in different directions and all – I mean, the Beatles collectively as individuals through the 70s were almost as successful as the Beatles 
in the 60s, you know, but, you know, the Davies brothers did shit without each other. You know, the Gallagher brothers, I don't know if they've tried to release solo albums, but neither one of them have come, come across with a Wonderwall, you know what I mean, <laughs> without, without the other one. I've also been listening to a lot of comics and, and comedy radio, and I've been doing a lot of old school stuff. You know, one morning this week, I must have binged two hours of just Henny Youngman. And... As I don't have to tell anyone who's ever accidentally been in a room with me for more than five minutes that, yeah, Henny Youngman and Don Rickles played a really bigger role than my, you know, biological parents <laughs> than should have. Uh, but I also been listening to a lot of Lenny Bruce. And it's really interesting because this is the later Lenny Bruce stuff. This is the, you know, the pot smoking in trouble with the law, Lenny Bruce, not the, you know, the darling on the Steve Allen show, Lenny Bruce. Yep. And honestly, you had to have, and it's, it's such smart spoken word. It's not even comedy. It's fun. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Ted talk with, with some levity in it, I you see. know, but you have to have a level a, a semi-sophisticated level of understanding of how laws work. Like, like literally, like you have to have the, I'm just a bill. And I'm sitting <laughs> here. You, you have to know the intricacies of the third verse of that to really get what Lenny Bruce is saying. Because he is breaking down, you know, how, how everything is structured. You know, how, you know, this, and it's so relevant even to today, it's not dated at all. You know, it's not dated at all. It's like how laws are made, who makes them, and why they're really made. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, on the surface, they make the laws because it sounds good to X, Y, Z. But in reality, yeah, it's it's a lot easier to keep darky down and keep, you know, the poor down and keep, you know, uh, you know them people down, you know, to marginalize, you know, certain groups of people. But to do it, and the name of like God and country or, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I did, I've been listening to a lot of it and you do, you have to have a bachelor's of science in civics to, <laughs> to follow his Ted talks. Uh, but, it, but I have, I've been trying to, you know, fill the void of not doing my volunteering, <laughs> you know, this week with, uh, Lenny Bruce. Oh, you know, that's, um, I think it's a natural progression going from, <laughs> <laughs> You know, one to the other. I will say, typically, as many N-words dropped in a Lenny Bruce TED Talk is that in a NWA album, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, he's, but he's using it in context. But 50 years later, I feel uncomfortable every time he says it, you know, and I know the time in which he's saying it. And I know the context in which he's saying it is completely appropriate or completely is the okay, right thing to do. Is he saying, ne is he saying Negro? He is saying that, but he's also saying it how, cause that was the term at the time. Yeah. That was, that was an accepted term. Right. But there was also a bastardization of that word ah. that, that, that had really started to emanate around then that okay. wasn't appropriate. I so see. I see. Um, so anyway, so that's, uh, I don't know, Joe, why, why, why don't you hit the people with some knowledge? Why don't you drop some, uh, some knowledge on everybody? What are you doing to me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> drop some knowledge. Have I ever dropped anything besides 
you know, a couple of celebrity names now and then. And a baby. Two. <laughs> or two. <Yeah. laughs> um, I watched the other day, I think it was on Netflix. It's so it's so hard to keep in just all the see, streaming links. Just say the glowing rectangle. Uh, I will say I'm going to have to maybe, maybe pump the brakes on us shitting on Quibi so much. Uh, you did not. Only it turns out, turns out, uh, friend of the podcast, a probably probably the biggest fan you have, and and the biggest fan I have collectively, the very esteemed and established Jimmy Fowley, um, has been writing on a quippy show all year. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, damn it, damn it, you know, now it's hit home, and I can't make fun. It's called like your daily horoscope, and it's it, it's your daily horoscope, but with animals and a comedy setting, you know, type thing. And and he's been visiting for the last week. He's staying with my sister. He's here for a couple more weeks. When I say he is putting in ten to twelve hours a day writing on this, it, it, he really is. It's and they just got picked up for a second season. He's completely excited about it. What's it like a uh, job or some shit? Right. Uh, I. I am not going to pay the five bucks a month. And, and the, one of his favorite things is, I guess they all talk about the all all the different writers and people who work for Quibi. One of their favorite things to do is exchange negative press about Quibi. <laughs> but, you know, and so he, he was showing me a bunch of the clips and I'm like, oh, that's right. I forgot Reno 911 is on Quibi. I, I was a pretty big Reno 911 fan. I don't know. How, how much you like the show, how much you weighed in on it. But I'm like, oh, damn, that's right. Still not going to pay five bucks a month for it because... It's a ridiculous he... format. It's right. a ridiculous format. You know, how it can made you... sense on paper at the time. Um, no, no, I don't think, think it would have made sense on Papyrus. I don't think <laughs> that thing made sense at all. That was obviously, you know, uber-rich Hollywood executives that were well past the age of the demographic that they were targeting, trying to cater or invent something that would pander to that said demographic. You know, they know what millennials want. They don't have the attention span of sitting in front of a television like we did. No, they're always on the go. They're always out there with their, with their ecstasy and Molly and... and uh, they're talking pictures. Yeah, they're out there. Well, they're out there on their, you know, their thrift store shopping and they're Snapchatting. You know, we need something like the Snapchat, but only... It costs a billion dollars to fund, <laughs> and that thing is going to we're going to call it Queeby. But let's not have it available for smart TVs because we really want to make sure that people are only watching our quick bites on the go. Because you know, fifteen minutes is a perfect amount of time for any long form format of storytelling or narrative. Yeah, it's a ridiculous format, and I hate Quibi. And how many people did they think? Because I remember their commercials, like you know, people on the bus. And, and, and people on the subway. First of all, a lot of people on the bus don't have the five dollars to, to to do it. But it's like you know, it's like, okay, so you can't watch it in your car on the way to work. You can't, you know, are you really going to stand around the water cooler and then everybody goes home? Nobody's taking the bus. Nobody's taking the subway. Uh, right. We but, need we 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 need to corner the market on the shitting demographic. People who are <laughs> shitting that don't want to type. <laughs> when are people on their phone not looking at porn? 
Well, probably shitting because you can't have a Woody because you can't be coming and going at the same time. Oh. So let's come up with something that fits into that narrow window. Uh, I can say so, I, I know that Jimmy Fowley didn't write that line. <laughs> I can tell that right now. Uh, not that classless. But I, I ended up watching this week on Netflix a movie called Unknown Origins. In Spanish, the movie was called Secret Origins. And, dude, it was so awfulsome. It was absolutely, absolutely awfulsome. It was such a paint by numbers. Yeah, you know, there was one twist and it was like, oh, okay, so the butler didn't do it. This other guy did. You know, the the mate did. You know, but it was a serial killer killing people from the Issue number one of different comics, you know, from, from going back like 50 years ago. From, uh. Oh, this is how the bad guy in Hulk number one died. And they had to bring in an expert who, well, then why is the guy's body gray? I thought the Hulk was green. Well, in the first issue, you know, it was uh-huh. so pandering. Yeah. And, and, and the, the no-nonsense cop who's, you know, straight and arrow has partnered up with his chubby comic book store clerk <laughs> and the that the chief of police doesn't read comics but she's a cosplay expert like she she loves to go and do cosplay she loves to go to the comic-con in these elaborate you know um sexify superhero anime and she has this study group of like this this legion of fans that she meets with at this guy's comic book shop once a week to give him sewing tips to make but she needed help from the comic book guy because although she loves the characters and dressing up like them she would never read a comic that's beneath her that's for boys so so it's like oh it's so pandering it's like okay how can we have the one woman in it like objectified in every shot that right. she's in. It's Where like, can we put in the cleavage in this she's, series? She's uh Let me guess, you know, she she's t- flat chested, right? Tough as nails. Tough uh, you know, she's not you're not overly endowed, but she's like the toughest nails cop. But it's like, but we're gonna just propose like her toughness with her being this, you know, anime character with this absolute Japanese schoolgirl outfit, but with the exaggerated oversized bow on her shirt. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, and and I'm not saying don't watch it, but I'm not saying I, I think I just did it justice. Watch the trailer. Uh, it's, it is the most reading I've done in a while because I had to watch it with subtitles. I didn't have to watch it with subtitles. Okay, he's saying this. Okay, she's saying that. But what I the other thing that I thought was interesting... I was woefully unaware of our beloved John Oliver's celebrity crush. Not celebrity crush, like restraining order time crush on Adam Driver. Yes. <laughs> Dude, it's management brought that to my world because we were watching John Oliver this week and she said something and she goes, oh, first time I've not heard him go off on Adam Driver. I'm like, what? She goes, you don't know about this? So she played a YouTube clip that's like 15 minutes long of him just saying the most profane. <laughs> yeah, I think he wanted like Adam Driver to, you know, stomp on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, choke him out. Yeah. While spitting on him, you know, just like, like, dude, no, no. And at one point he's like, am I whispering this because I'm recording from my house? Yes, I am. You know? <laughs> and, and then I guess Adam Driver posted a response 
totally down. <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in. Uh, ah, but, they're just joshing you. Then he's not really the gay. But that's, I, that's, that makes it funny. Well, he, he's English, so you can't rule it out. <laughs> you know, he's, you know, um, they, they, I think, I think Eng, the the English dudes are the ones that have coined the phrase. Hey, it, it's just pussy on a stick. You know? <laughs> um, but I, I've been following his 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 war with Danbury, Connecticut, which from day one. I think it's great. Just randomly picks Danbury to go to war with. And Danbury has been fighting back. So the mayor stood in front of their waste treatment plant and said, you know, we've renamed this the John Oliver Memorial Waste Treatment Plant because just like John Oliver, it's full of crap. And the mayor had to actually like post a video saying, well, of course, we're not really renaming it. You know, it was a joke. But like the minor league hockey team there, the hat tricks have jumped on board. You can see this on the John Oliver show. But John Oliver has laid down the challenge. Look, if you actually name it that, this is the money I will give to these charities. And he listened out, not like, I'll donate to the charity of your choice. It's like, I'll give 25000 to this. I'll give 5000 to this. You know? And he goes, and if you want to give me the bullshit that, you know what? The sign would cost too much money to make, and in comes the sign that he made. And he said his favorite part wasn't that they named it the John Oliver Waste Treatment Plant, that it's a memorial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they said it's past ten. I will, if I don't drive down to Phoenix to visit, you know, our, our friend, you know, Floor Steve and Hayden, I will go to any ribbon cutting ceremony, <laughs> socially distanced with a mask on, of course. Because you know John Oliver would show up for a ribbon-cutting ceremony if the city of Danbury took him up on that, which truly. And even if they just did it for like a year, like renamed it for a year or something like that, and they just left the sign up. Dude, I, I'm, I'm excited. This, this is what I'm excited about, getting the house and leaving doing because I'm that <laughs> rudderless. I know. I'm that rudderless. Poor I did you. leave the house. did leave the house this week to vote. I, I did vote this week, Joe. Sucker. Uh I, I, I voted for, you know, I didn't go for the first time that Kennedy has lost a Senate a Senate run in the history of uh, the 60 years of the Kennedys being the first family of, you know, Massachusetts. Era. I, can't, I, can't do, I can't do a good, you can do a good Kennedy. Era, look at me, I'm uh, going to be a uh, president of the uh, United States. And, and you're 42 years on this rock have you ever forty three, sir? Forty three, and you've always lived. You, except for the one year you moved to L.A. for forty two of the years, you've lived within a ten mile, five mile radius of the Boston Garden. Yes. Ever run into anybody who talks like a Kennedy? No. Who wasn't a Kennedy ever? <laughs> close, uh, close. You know, there are a couple of pockets of Charlestown, and you might find a. A person or, or two, but yeah, these 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 folks they came from a, a distant land, and I think they settled in Hyannisport and and never went outside of that circle. And then they I just don't... emigrated over to the more populous portions of the Massachusetts uh, population. And what's great is like you know with the Simpsons and other shows how prevalent that accent is, but yet nobody <laughs> from here talks like that. You know, yes. A lot of people from a certain 
area of this country do talk like Foghorn Leghorn. You can find a lot of people who talk like that if you visit that region. But anyways, but I, I you know, I, I voted this week. Um, I only voted once, you know, I, I just, just to be clear. I voted by mail. We all voted by mail in our household. I voted by mail, but I drove it in. You know, I, I did drop it off. I kind of wanted to... Get COVID? To get COVID. No, dude, it was... The voting in our town is just so great, which is funny because it's a city, you know, and they have early voting. They have it a couple days early and it's all spread out. They have uh, several polling stations. Honestly, in our small city of Lowell, I think there are like six different districts in Lowell, you know, sections. Each one of them has its own polling station, you know. Uh, They also had a drop bin, you know, for the mail-in, you know, people if you, you know, because you don't want, you know. You know, the mail to be, uh, anyways. Yeah, right. So, I, I accidentally put mine in a old-fashioned drop box called a mailbox. It could still be what, there. What, what was, was the mailbox then unbolted and taken away <laughs> and never to be seen again? Yeah, you know what? It's funny. It was only two-dimensional, so maybe... <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm losing you. Your, 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 your phone's slipping. Oh, no. Come back. Oh, I'm back. I'm here. All right, good. I just laughed so much. I, you know, um, the force of your laughter knocked the phone uh, further away from you. So, what's what's new in the world besides you know TV? You know, by the end of this great Labor Day weekend, we'll be uh, hitting way too close to 200,000 deaths, and you know, 30 million are still unemployed. You know, it's 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 funny because All Star sent me something this week, and I think I forwarded it to you that said, "Don't show this to Joe." Because he'll make a trip to the rickety store and ro- the rickety store and rope store about the actual unemployment numbers and like you know you you get these rosy oh there was two million new jobs this week it's like well one point nine of them were people who were furloughed who came back but you're not talking about the one point three new people who applied for unemployment this week uh-huh. uh, because their jobs didn't come back or their job did come back but then had to reclose again. Um, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know if it will get any attention because, you know, the current administration is so good at being so awful all the time. It's hard to be outraged by everything all at once. But I, I will not understand how the military supports this clown at all because it turns out there was another confirmed, uh, I think he called wounded people losers. He, 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 I guess it was a, a request made when he wanted his big military parade for it not to include wounded soldiers because no one wants to see a bunch of losers. Yeah, there was an article written and published in The Atlantic uh, a couple of days ago that just went down a laundry list of confirmed sources saying that, A, you know, he, like, he didn't understand why uh, soldiers would... Uh, volunteer for the army because what's in it for them you know like why why would they have died you, you know i think he was i think he was at like a memorial for world war one uh veterans or something like that in france and he said well you know they were suckers because what we're suckers right yeah, that's what, it. what was in what was in it for them basically just reaffirming our knowledge of the f- fact that he is a piece of shit that only cares about literally himself cannot figure out why anybody would volunteer for the army 
if there wasn't some sort of monetary benefit for them in the end? Like, if the, why would anybody do anything if it doesn't pay off for them in the end? Like, why? There's no concept in his mind of selflessness or honor, country. Like, none of that makes sense to him. None, none of it. And, and, and not even, like, in the long run. Why, if it's not going to benefit you today? And again, there's nobody in his family tree who has served I mean, not only that, I mean, it's a different story altogether, but the fact that him nor any of his children or four out of his five children can ever work for a charity again, you know what I mean? So, right, there's no patriotism. And when you find out, you know, little things, you go down the line that, you know, the Pentagon is is cutting uh, funding for the Stars and Stripes, which is a military publication that has been published, I, I think it's a weekly periodical since World War II as a weekly, but it dates back to the Civil War. It, 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 you know, it's... it's it, he it's since just, tweeted that he's not going to cut funding for Stars and Stripes, so now he's a hero. He also tweeted that he never called John McCain a loser. Never. He would never have done that. Cut to, cut to. <laughs> a tweet, literally a tweet from 2015, where he retweeted or quote tweeted an article that says Trump, colon, John McCain was a loser for serving in Vietnam and getting caught. And if only he had ever said something like that, you know, on national TV, then, we, oh, wait, he did. You know, yeah, right. you know, it's just like being against the war after he was for the war on the Stern show. But but specifically the military the, the way that he's used them as props with the border wall and taken money away from the from the military to spend on the border wall to throw transgender people out of the military you know the fact that it was it's been a couple of weeks now but the the footage the footage of Russian S, uh, you know humvees ramming US humvees in the Syrian desert you know injuring US you know soldiers not saying a word. Right, because it makes sense to him. It's like, yeah, the Russians are getting something out of <laughs> ramming yeah, right. their... <laughs> right, right. So, so the Russians are getting, you know, the Russians are paying bounties to kill our soldiers. I understand that. You know, the people, hey, you know, got to make a living. $100,000 to, you know, shoot some sucker who joined the military. Uh, I do it. I do it on Fifth Ave because I could get away with it. You know, it's just the level of awfulness never seems to amaze me. I will also say it again, and I've also said it once on this podcast. I did vote this week, Joe. I only did it once. You know, I, I didn't vote by mail and then go in and try to vote again just to see if they would catch me, which was exactly what the president told the good folks of North Carolina to do this week. Wow, that's amazing. I can't believe you said something that stupid. Which, it is a felony. It's not, it's not just a felony to do it. It's actually on the books in the state of North Carolina, a felony to attempt attempt to do that or to help somebody do that. And so if anybody tries to do that and they say rightfully so, well, the president told me to do it. Yes, he did. And, it, and I, and it, of course, every day for fucking four years, we've been dealing with the, he never said that play the tape of him saying that, well, he was taken out of context. Here's the full tape. Oh, well, he was joking. No one's laughing. You know what I mean? It's like, it was sarcastic. No, he 100% meant it. And 
you know, what I was He is the is most the, successful comedian, by the way, with the largest ratio of jokes to no laughs. Like, that, you know, like he's got quite a run of touring on material that gets 0.0, .0 laughter and still makes but, a good living at it. But yet packs them in. Yeah. Covert or not. Puts, no mask. Yeah. He puts maskless ass in seats. Hey, I'm not going off on a sidebar, but uh, 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 too much of a sidebar. But apparently um, uh, uh, Herman Cain. Still, still active on Twitter, being a piece of shit. Zombie Kane, as they called him. Yeah, the 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 Kane family took over Herman Kane's Twitter account a couple of weeks after he apparently died of COVID nineteen from attending a Trump rally in Oklahoma. I don't know, something like that. You know what? It was ages ago. I can't even remember. But the article that they t Robo probably Robo tweeted was that contrary to the mass media's portrayal, COVID nineteen deaths aren't as high as. They would lead you to believe. They're higher. <laughs> Signed, Herman Cain. Definitely not a zombie. <laughs> it, and they've it, since it, deleted the tweet, of course. But of course. Oops. So, so we always talk, and everyone talks. There's always a tweet for something. But we've already mentioned it. There's most of these awful things aren't just on Twitter. He says them on tape. And five months ago, he sat down and said, and I'm quoting pretty verbatim. If you suggested voting twice to any Republican, it would make them sick. And now he suggested to a room full of Republicans. I mean, he was that adamant that this voting fraud is just a Democrat thing. You know, of course, it's been proven time and time again that most of the voting fraud over the last um, ever has been Republicans. You know, there was a race. There was a there was a, a, a not a Senate race, a congressional race that was thrown out. You know, a, congr a congressperson won in North Carolina, and then it was proved that he cheated, that they, you know, people in his campaign rounded up like boxes of votes from the bluer districts in his uh, congressional area and uh, the uh, unaccounted for. And so they, 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 he lost. He lost a rate, you know, for cheating. And again, you know, the awfulness, of course, Nancy Pelosi said it best, it always gets back to Russia. It turns out that the Department of Homeland Security this week decided, yeah, we're not going to do any more security updates, security briefings on the election because they're just not doing the, They're not getting the information to to the House and the Congress. They're like, yeah, we're done. We're going to suspend this until after the election. And a lot of people inside DHS, it's like they know exactly what Russia is doing, what you thought, what Russia did that Russia got sanctioned for, that the Senate voted 98 to 2 to sanction for the 2016 elections because those sanctions weren't really enacted. Not only are they doing the exact same things, they're doing it worse. Here's how they're doing it. And the Senate and Congress started to get those briefings. But right, I guess the decision was made by Homeland Security right after a couple weeks ago when the Republican-led Intelligence Committee came out and said, oh, yeah. Mueller was 100% right. And in fact, this is the stuff Mueller didn't have in his report. And they found, remember that we talked about that. And it's a five Republican, four Democrat, you know, nine person, you know, committee. And it was their fifth and final report. And each and every one said, yep, we verified everything in this part of the Mueller report was accurate. Yep, we verified this point. Well, after the fifth and final one, Department of, uh, you know, Department of Homeland Security, you know, under the guy Wolf, who it turns out legally shouldn't have the job, 
has said, yeah, we're going to suspend these briefings because Russia is 100 percent. And, and what does the administration come out? It goes, well, yeah, sure. Russia might be doing that, but China's doing it worse and they're trying to help Sleepy Joe. Now, would they have a new name for Sleepy Joe? I forget what it is, like something about like hiding Joe. Because yeah, hiding, he, hiding Biden. Hiding Biden. Thank you. This is just so fucking stupid. Um, I, I, that, that, that's it. I, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to, to, to dwell on less awful. Uh, do, do you mind if we segue into sport, Joe? No, I do not. All right. The Bruins suck. Fuck you. June 11th, 2019 is one of the worst days in sports for me in my awful life. So fuck you, Bruins, for, you know, choking yet again. Uh, so, Joe, by, by the next podcast, the Patriots will have kicked off. So instead of doing a side show, I got an idea. I- entertain me for a second. Instead of doing a whole yeah, side show. Da, 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 da. Oh, wait, not literally entertain you. And, and uh. And, and if you think that's entertaining with your shirt on, you are wrong, my friend. You go get some pasties and fucking put in a little effort, Joe. Just a little. Uh, we uh, we usually do a game-by-game score recap season where they're going to get in the playoffs. Which we go back to at the end of every season to validate our record. We, we, no, I, I floated on the years that they've won the Super Bowl that we've done it. Uh so, so I got the idea, instead of doing a whole sideshow on that, could we just do it in the segment sports? Because we have the segment where we just talk sports. So instead of doing a whole sideshow, um, do you think we could? Do you think could, that's a good idea? I like your, uh, I like your spitball in there. I like that sort of like thinking the, off the, the top of the, your head. I came out with myself. Yes. My own. Yeah, just you just grab that right out of the just air. Boom. It's just like, like that. It's like God's hand touching your skull. What? First of all, let's start with the big thing. Over under on the number of games played in the regular season before the season shut down. What 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 do you got? Uh, I'm going to say seventeen. Oh, you 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 think in a sixteen games schedule? Yeah. You, you, you first. So you think they're making the playoffs? They're going to make the no playoffs, and it's like, oh, we we tried so hard, and then uh, we have to abandon it. We have to hit the eject button. I'm sorry, folks, but we're going to have to pick up this Super Bowl in the summer. So you think they play the whole regular season? Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I get. Well, yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, it looks like sports are right now. Like there haven't been any super major stoppages in sports as of yet. You know, and that's all indoor play. So well, for the most but, part, WNBA, NBA, hockey are all in bubbles. And mm. baseball had a very tough go of it at the beginning. It looked like baseball, but they did. They got you know credit where credit's due. They got their shit together. And the first couple of weeks of baseball, it really looked like they might not be able to finish a sixty-game schedule because so many COVID outbreaks with like two teams in, in speci- you know specific. Um, but football, there, there's no. There's you can't you can't social distance at at, at all. I mean, you. It's yeah, not I know. like I know it's it, a contact sport, and there's three times as many players. Yeah, and, and coaches. Right. You know. So look, I with schools opening, I'm saying it. I hope we get through the school year. I I, I really do. You know, I really hope that there's no stoppages. I hope that we get through the football season. I hope that the economy gets back on track. I mean. What few colleges have already opened are shutting down or quarantining a good percentage of their campus or, okay, 
we're demanding that you live on campus, but we're doing all the classes remotely. You know, pay us your fees for being here. Uh, you know, I'm getting back to the awful a little bit. I, at, the headline got me this week, like, Fauci says colleges should stay open. It's like, well, what he said is like, the kids are already on the campus. And, and there's been some major, major outbreaks. They're like, don't fucking send these kids home. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. Quarantine there. Oh, you're all in this one dorm? Fucking boy in a plastic bubble. Seal off that dorm. Let everybody get through this together. You know, people need to be hospitalized. The last thing you want to do is send everybody home to mom, dad, grandma, put them on a bus, put them on a plane, you know, to go home and yeah. stuff like that. No. So the headline was a little misleading. The Fauci says colleges should stay open. You know, it's like, uh -huh. no, he said. Anyways, um, you know, I, I'm going to throw out a number. I'm going to say seven. I'm going to say they get seven games in. And there's some kind of stoppage. That that's my that's uh, that takes us I to Halloween. I, I I hope I am wrong, but but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Halloween first week of November. I think the Patriots, Joe. I think the Patriots go. Uh, I think the Patriots go. Uh, I think the Patriots go. God, I so want to say ten and six. I so want to say nine and seven. I'm gonna say they go eight and eight and miss the playoffs. Wow. No, yeah. you know, mm. yeah, yeah, because I mean you got so of of all the people who've opted out of the Patriots season, most of them have been on the defensive side of the ball. Joe, I don't remember last season that well. Which side of the ball carried the Patriots to the playoffs? <laughs> uh, it, 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 you know, uh, again, I'm not bashing Tom Brady. He, what he did with literally nothing last year, he could have been throwing to Julian, me, and you after week two. <laughs> <laughs> Those cardboard cutouts in the MLB seats. Oh, dude, I want to talk about those in a second. But, but with the Patriots, like last year. Truly, Tom Brady's attitude was piss poor, but so was all the people on the off the skilled players on the offensive side of the ball. So without the defense sitting there, I still want to say nine and seven. And because of you know um, seeding, they backdoor into a wild card game. I so want to say nine and seven so badly, but I'm saying eight and eight, and they miss the playoffs. Okay, I'm gonna um, say. Hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the, the uh, exact opposite of that. I'm going to say eight and eight. <laughs> yes, but on which side? Yeah, you're right. On many sides. Uh, so, so I saw my mom and dad the other day, which because of my dad's back surgery, um, because my sons have missed my mom and dad so much. And because after November 13th, there's a really good chance. I might never talk to anybody again who I know supports, you know, that piece of but, fucking shit. You know, I, 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 it's been, it's been a rough three months. How, by the way, a little editorial here, which I'll probably edit out. And I know I've said this before and then rescinded it, but I might say it again in light of the stuff that's come out about Trump's attitude towards the troops and everything else. If knowing what you know now about Donald Trump, you fucking check yes next to his name for president. You, my ex-friend, are a piece of shit. You just want to see the world burn and have a good laugh at the same we, time. We simultaneously have three pandemics going on in our country. COVID, which by the end of the broadcast, 
the end of Labor Day weekend, we will be on the precipice of 200,000 dead Americans, 200,000 dead Americans in the last six months from something that was 95% preventable. We have a crashed economy with the highest amount of people receiving unemployment benefits. So many businesses will not reopen. And again, because of the way the pandemic was handled, it directly affected the economy. The economy is completely fucked. And in our streets, every single day, we have the race war started that the, the you, you know, Biden said it great this week. He thought hate was gone, but it just was hiding. And it just was waiting for somebody to bring it back out. And what's going on in our streets is exactly what they want. You know, and by they, I mean, you know, the Trump administration said the quiet part out loud that the more violence on the street, the better this helps him get reelected. They want anarchy on the streets. They want violence. They want to, you know, this past week, Trump got on a plane, went to Wisconsin and stood with the police who shot a guy seven times in the back and then handcuffed him to the bed. Biden went and visited the family. And when the, when the Trump administration was called on the carpet, they said, well, the family wouldn't talk to us without the lawyer, but we talked to their pasture, assuming that every black family has a family pasture that's almost like an extended uncle, you know, and the family's like, we, we don't have a pasture, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, to even lie about that shit, you know, it's just so nauseating. What is happening on the streets all over this country? It's exactly what they want, but it's epidemic. It is absolutely because it helps their numbers with the law and order bullshit. Uh, they, they, they are fueling this unrest in the street. They are making COVID so much worse than, any, than any place else on the planet. They literally any, you know, I, I, I mean. It's weeding you know, out. It's also weeding out the riffraff that they don't need anymore. Again, this is like. They can't. Uh, the, the Middle East isn't a threat uh, as a, a clear and present danger as it maybe once was or was perceived to have been at some point. So we can't get suckers to join the military and die overseas. So hey, look what stumbled onto our doorstep: some virus that's going to knock out poor, stupid fucking people. And know? yeah, it's and, and the old the and, and the infirmed and all all the all the, all the all, everything that's. Dependent on social programs like Medicare, Medicaid, yep. all that stuff, Social Security. Holy shit, we don't have to pay benefits to any of these fuckers because they're all fucking dying. And you know what? We're we're going to stay alive. We're fine. So if, and, and we set this back in April. When the numbers came out, right around the time they really started to pull back from COVID is when the numbers came out that it's hurting, you know, um, people of color at a two to one ratio. So you're right. All the dead white grandmas and grandpas who are in, you know, in assisted living facilities who are living off social security checks, fucking, we get to wipe the board of them, but it's also hurting poor communities. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and those poor communities are mostly yeah, black and mostly, hurting the, mostly not right, white. It's, yeah. It's hurting the poor white communities, but it's hurting the black and, and, and Latino community two to one. Fuck it. Those people don't vote for us. Like, you know, from day one, Jarrett, you know, has been called to the mat about, like, oh, it's a blue state. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, getting back to I have this, two cousins. Um, 
<laughs> so so the Patriots uh, oh the cardboard cutouts I wanted to mention that so I I I was at my parents and my boys were with me uh, we even at my parents social distance with masks on when we went in but the news came on in the background it was like baseball highlights and I pointed out to the boys who don't see any sports in the house because we don't watch any um, those aren't fans and I paused it, like, those are all cardboard cutouts. And I'm like, and, and the boys thought that was hilarious. And then my dad piped in and goes, you know how much people are fucking paying to have their cardboard cut? And I'm like, what? And he called up a couple articles, uh, not on Fox News, not, not from ONN, and, and, not, and not from The Onion. And the amount of money people are paying to have their cardboard cutouts put at these ballparks it's it's breathtaking, dude. It's app. Um, I heard one fifty. Uh, a, a sucker, you know, a sucker's born every minute. A, a fool in their money soon parted. Yeah, or as Trump would say, a wounded soldier is born every minute. Dude, I can't. I, I can't get over that fucking line. I can't no, get over it. I can't. He did it. He wanted a military parade. <laughs> so he wanted a military parade so he could be Mussolini. He could be Hitler. He could be Kim Jong Un. A nice Hitler. Hitler. A nicer these, Hitler. These dictators overseeing their military parades, you know, not to celebrate the military, to celebrate him. Yeah. But didn't want those. Oh, dude, I can't. Joe, I fucking fuck you if you vote for him. Yeah. Like we have three pandemics. We got COVID. Uh-huh. We got the civil unrest. Raising we got the, the, uh, the, the, the economy. Preach. And, and if you fucking uh, with all of this, the fact that. You know, I don't like Kamala. Military, oh, dude, <laughs> I, don't, I just I don't trust her. I don't like her. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, but Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. But my dad was pointing out, it's like, yeah, it might be 150 to sit here or there. Dude, it was at least three times that if you wanted your cardboard cutout in the seats above the green monster. Oh, yeah. So that you can be, so your cardboard cutout can be seen if a home run is hit. Uh, Dude. Shameless. It's so. I'm an awful person. I'm a piece of shit. I'm an awful person. But I. I can't imagine like you have that kind of money. I'm bummed that my my current volunteering opportunity has dried up, and I'm looking for ways to help my community more. And there are people out there who are spending hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands of dollars to have their cardboard cutout in an empty stadium, so that they can say they have a cardboard cutout and a seat at an empty stadium. Right, and you and you, fuck, you fucking hope for like a, a rain game for that, you know? Like fuck you, the rich, you know? You fucking hope. That there's a rain out for these with, assholes. With, and who with, cares? with the exception of, uh, of of our friend John, fuck the ultimate rich. <laughs> you know, some, that's just a big at John. Joe, I got a couple things to go video games. So, uh, but uh, but this is usually your thing. So mm. I'm going to let you go first. What do you got going? Well, I per se don't have much going on personally, but I do want to talk about something that came up Thursday from a little company called Nintendo. I think you've heard of it. Startup, yeah, some you, some GoFundMe thing that just, Kickstarter, but okay, a couple kids in a basement Kickstarter. Thing, yeah. So Nintendo announced they're celebrating Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary this year. The first game came out in '85, plus 35 equals this horrific year of 2020. Luckily, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. They're coming out with a new version of three classic 3D Mario games from previous platforms to be played on the Switch. So there's going to be a release of Super Mario 64, 
Super Mario Sunshine, which was for the GameCube, and Super Mario Galaxy, which was for the Wii, all going to be bundled in this one cart. So now a, a new generation of people who don't happen to own all three of the old systems <laughs> dating back to 1996 can now play them legally on a Switch. So that's exciting. They're also... What, what, wait, what were those three games again? So Super Mario 64, which came out for the Nintendo yep. 64. Then there's Super Mario Sunshine, which came out for the GameCube. And Super Mario Galaxy came out for the Wii. Those are all the 3D-based tentpole games for the Mario Brothers series that, uh, you know, until now have not it, been made available really for gameplay on other platforms. Is the 64 the classic one that everybody knows with the side scroller where you get to the end of the level and you got to jump up on the flagpole to get to this castle or the next castle? Am I thinking? That's a Nintendo. Just, is that, that's the old that's Nintendo. A, that's, that's the right. Okay. That's the NES. Yeah, the 64 came out like around when the PlayStation came out. So it was, a ni- it was in the 90s. It was actually after formal edition. Misty. Wow. This is Misty's Kitchen era. We're talking about uh, um, a sunshine I've never heard of. Yeah, it was kind of um, some Super Mario fans kind of considered that the worst Super Mario Brothers game. Kind of. You you had a GameCube. I have a GameCube. I didn't have one when it was popular, though. <laughs> but I do have a GameCube. Yeah, oh, for those three weeks, you you didn't get to three weeks. It was popular. <laughs> you you really missed out. Uh, but did you have you played Sunshine? Yeah, actually, I've recently, like within the last year, I finally beat it on an emulator. Or did you? No, I have. The, the I actually, I actually physically own the original I game. I love you. I, I literally, I love. I you I mean, so if much. it's going to be sitting on a shelf in a Goodwill for a reasonable price, why wouldn't I buy it? Okay, okay. reasonable price it for 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 like somebody who who I think I, I got it. I think I don't. I think I got it for like. Five ten dollars. That's yeah. That's reasonable. That, that, I mean, you go to a movie. You remember? You remember movies, Joe? Nah. Uh, so, yeah, no, those things that you great. download. <laughs> so, so you, you have you hundred percented it? Did was um, it a great game? Did you really die? I don't think I side Don't think I hundred percented it, but I, I did beat it. It's one of those games where it's a, it's a little offbeat. He the the premise of Mario Sunshine is Mario and his friends are on a vacation. And their plane lands in this resort, this island resort. But then Mario gets arrested because somebody that looks like Mario went around the island, def- like defaming and vandalizing all of the landmarks. And so it's like this dark version of Mario. Of course, it's a dark version of Mario that would be <laughs> doing the vandalizing. Is, 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 it, is it Waluigi? No, not no, 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 it's not, no, it's not Wario. Wario, okay. No, no, no. I think you've reviewed this because now that I'm getting the trailer from you, yeah, I, it sounds familiar. Yeah. So, anyways, it's it's a these three games are going to be made available for the Switch. But the other thing that's going to be coming out for the Nintendo Switch that is exciting to me is a it's it, it's called Super Mario 35, and essentially it's like that Tetris game that I talked about months ago called Tetris 99, where you're playing Tetris against 98 other people online, and your whatever you do can be affecting you know other people yeah so like if you clear four lines in tetris you can send four lines over to some other bastards game and fuck them up well now i guess you you got to you were second place a number of times and then you finally beat it i finally got well yeah i finally achieved number one status honestly i've never done cocaine (laughs) 
<laughs> before or heroin or anything like that. But that feeling of euphoria that I reached at the end of f- getting the first place in Tetris 99 was breathtaking and i had did you take a screen grab i took a video of it yes (laughs) i have a so but you can't frame a video i think i took a screen grab as well Uh, yeah could could you could you post that this week so we could all enjoy that i probably won't but anyway so super mario 35 is a similar game where you're playing levels of super mario brothers the original nintendo version but then like you know if you stomp on that enemy, that enemy can be sent to somebody else's game to fuck them up, and you have to knock out like 34 other opponents. And it's, it's a, So it's a fun online thing that uh, will, I guess, come out in a couple of weeks, and it's free to download for those who subscribe to the Nintendo Online service, which is great, but it's only available through March, which I guess is fine because, you know... We'll get bored of it by October. <laughs> so, you know, still there's other things like that coming out for Nintendo's celebration of Mario's 35th anniversary. But, Jacques, you have more important things to talk about. No, I, you know, the Galaxy, the, the you know, uh, Mario, Mario Galaxy, that is really when our boys jumped on because we had just moved to Qatar. And we just bought the, the Wii U to bring over with us. And and that was a game that, that they had played. Um, it's a fun game. I, I, it is a fun game. I, I it's not my no, <laughs> no, it's not bag no. baby. But I, I I enjoyed watching them play it more than I, I like playing it myself. Like you know, there was some fun levels and stuff like that. It was, and that is the basis of game streaming. You like you watching know? other people play. You like to watch. I do. I do. You know, um, you like you're a regular Jerry Falwell. So. <laughs> Flying checks, flying sip, got out. Yep. Uh, oh, pool boy. Um, so I this week took a little break from Resident Evil 5. I, I, I have the beast of the old PS3 upstairs, and it does. It sounds like, you know, a jet engine. Like the whole time, even if you're not using it and if you're watching a movie, because we, you know, it's our DVD player upstairs or, or our Blu ray player. Uh, it does. It sounds like a jet engine landing. I this week just decided one of my boys mentioned it like last week. My little guy was like, wait, which is the Batman game that you can play in big head mode? And if you remember, there's an Easter egg in Arkham City where hmm. if you're holding on to this like decoder thing, you have to hold all four trigger buttons. And the joy, the joysticks, one, you have to be going counterclockwise and one clockwise, and it makes a big head everybody. Like, all the bad guys are big oh, heads. I they don't think look I knew like, that. They look like short bobbleheads. Yeah. You know? And, and do, just as soon as we're done, go, you know, Google Arkham City, you know, big head mode, and it is hilarious it is absolutely hilarious you got to get to a certain point of the game you got to be playing on normal or new game plus or hard mode to be able to do it uh but he wanted to do it i don't know what made him think of it and then the other day i'm like yeah i got a couple hours and it was in the morning it's like you know management and i went running and it's like okay these are the two hours before the boys get up no one's gonna bother me uh i can actually throw this in so I started playing, you know, just for a couple hours. Q, four days later, 100%ing, you know. <laughs> uh, and it's a big game. I mean, there's lots of side missions. There are lots of side missions. I think there's 440 
Riddler trophies and things you have to take pictures of and different Easter eggs you have to uncover. Another interesting thing with this game, you can play with Batman. It's an add-on, and you can play the Catwoman storyline. She has her own different story. It, it weaves in and out of Batman story, or you can play as her a couple times, but just mini scenes like, oh, you got to get her through this one room, goes to a cut scene where she meets up with Batman and the rest of the game's Batman. So in her story, she's breaking into a vault somewhere, and on the big TV, you can see that Batman was in a building that collapsed, and they have a shot of him under rubble, and he is dying. And you have the option. You can drop the suitcases of the stuff that you just stole and run there and save him, or you can leave Gotham City. And she has this whole dialogue in her head. It's like, he's not really going to die. He's Batman, you know? And it's like, oh, what are you doing, Selena? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh. and, and if you leave, dude, you, you, you exit to the right and you start leaving. And then she's like, and she says like, fuck it. And she starts walking away and the screen goes black and the credits roll. And it's Oracle, like sending out an SOS that like, you know, it's confirmed he's dead. Um, you know, most of the Bat family's down. Most of the cops are down. If anybody can hear this message, please send help. You know, the joke. And it, it's, it's, and a, the credits it's a dark, roll. dark ending. The credits roll. And then it, it, go, it does that for like two, three minutes. And it's hard. And then the game rewinds itself. It, it like, in fast <laughs> mode, rewinds itself. <laughs> back to that point and then you have to go save him but you can and, and of course you know there's a trophy for taking the bad ending yeah, like a trophy thing you know but it, the fact that you have the option to say literally fuck him yeah fuck batman and let batman die uh it's it's pretty awesome but i did i, I and i sent to you and our good friend you know chris the you know i took a i took a photo of you know this the one slot, like you have four slots for different games you can have going one, but I just have the one game and it says like 100%. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, another proud moment in my life. And by proud moment, I mean, oh my fucking God, I'm in my 50s, 100%ing Batman games from 2011. What the fuck is wrong with me? And the answer is nothing. No, no, <laughs> it's perfectly normal. So my son breaks his ankle this week and we are going to get him an MRI and he's bummed and he's like well when you were at grammy's house because as you remember i like to call it the blue blood era of my life (laughs) (laughs) i I was laid up there for most of the time i had my busted ankle and he was saying you know was the pain worse you know on this time or this time it's like because once i get settled in it's it's fine but after a couple hours you know my leg just being here it starts to hurt or my leg will be fine. But then I have to go to the bathroom. I'm like, yeah, dude, once I got into the Barca lounger at my parents and I was all propped up, it's like, it was fine. The pain just wasn't there, you know, but the five, six times a night, I have to go to the bathroom every single time. Like the blood would rush back down, Mm -hmm. you know, it would throb. It took, you know, 20 minutes to fall back to sleep. He goes, well, you should have used one of those old man diapers. Well, I like to call them, gamers diapers (laughs) (laughs) and i just looked at him and i'm like dude no no (laughs) you know this bleeds into my parenting tip of the week so let you know i'm like i'm mixing that idea now you're putting your good foot down 
dude, at the same time, fucking hysterical. Right. I mean, I mean, and I may or may not have a brother. Well, after November 3rd, I may not have a brother. Uh, but who may or may not have a few years ago, uh, maybe 10 years ago, one of his buddies and him wanted to see how long they could sit and watch football games drunk on Sunday without having to change their diaper. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know my brother now, but you also knew my brother, let's say, 15 years ago. So his oldest kid is 14, so it was probably 15, 16 years. It was pre-kids, you know? But, dude, he actually did that. And so my my littlest old guy, my oldest little guy, when he said that, I'm like, okay, A, hysterical. B, there's, there's, there's some real creative thinking right there. Uh, three, no. Just, just, just no. Yeah. And, and, and part of me, you know, uh, worries for his future. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm at college. Fuck that old man. I can play Call of Duty, which I won't let him play here. I, and I don't have to go to the bathroom for a good 12 hours because I got my gamer's diaper. Well, on. it's like that show, that movie Idiocracy, where in the future they have toilets built into their chairs so they don't have to get up from watching TV. Dude, how close are we? Very. Very. I mean, we're already in gamer diaper technology, so you know, <laughs> we're, we're we're close. Is there? Hopefully, he hopefully uh, he won't be the Elon Musk of gamer no, diapers. Jesus Christ. Or hopefully or, he will. Or, or yes, yeah, hopefully right. he will. At least like, if, if, you, if, a, if you're gonna go into idea? yeah, if you're gonna go in, go in all the way, baby. Um, what are you watching this week on, on Quibi and the other nine platforms? I think the same thing you're watching. I Lovecraft? I don't want to. I, I what. Minecraft? Lovecraft. No, I don't know what that is. On on HBO, Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams' new show? I I don't know what you're talking about. You talk about it. It's fucking awesome. I mean, it's either Lovecraft. I think it's Lovecraft. And I guess it was a series of books and they're short stories. I thought it was a whole season. And, you know, it's episodic. So one drops every Sunday, just like the John Oliver show. So we watched the first episode. It takes place in nineteen, like the mid nineteen fifties. The first story, and I thought it was going to be a ten episode of just this. I'll find out today because you know episode three and four are out. But it, it but it, you know, it takes place. I forget what city it starts in. I think in Chicago, and a fifty-ish year old black dude with his mid twenties nephew um, are going to a place kind of in the middle of the state of Massachusetts. It's not on the map. Um, and his uncle writes a green book. Do you, do you see the movie Green Book? Do you know about the green books? I know of Green Book. It won Best Picture, and it was kind of like a white knight hero kind of well, thing. Well, but do you know what a green book is? It, it was a travel log, that, and there were several of them. Oh, it was a like a black-friendly places? Right. They would say, um, these are sundown places that literally you're not allowed to be in if the sun goes down, not hey, you should run for your life, but there's laws against you being in this town at sundown. Yeah. And, but these are places that you can go on a road trip and that you can get gas and, you, and diners you can go to type thing. Um, so so his uncle was going on a Green Book trip, went there. So it was part one and two. Dude, it was fucking great. It was fucking, fucking great. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know where they're going to go from here. And management is like, well, this is it. This is the end of this story. Next week, it will be another two-episode story. But they're mm-hmm. all from Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. Oh, and yeah, Lovecraft Country on HBO. Yeah, 
it's it's great. It's great. I'll, I'll give you my HBO Max password. So uh, I'm not convinced so though. Is it, is it great? Two thumbs up. My ass. Uh, no, Ew. it is great. What? So what are you watching, Joe? I'm rewatching Cobra fucking Kai. I re- I, re- I rewatched the whole thing in two days. So great. It's, it's so. I love it. It's my and, favorite thing to have come out of YouTube. They toggle back and forth. One week, Johnny is a really good guy trying to get his shit together and, and figuring things out and becoming a better person. And Danielson is a complete shithead, mm-hmm. you know? And then the next week, it's like, well, he's actually not. And then Johnny's the kind of... Yeah, the, the, I mean, that's the whole premise of this series is it? It takes the tropes of '80s action movies or whatever, or traditional storytellings of good versus evil or good guy versus bad guy, and says, "Hey, it's all a matter of perspective." And and this one kid who's great and sweet just becomes a douchebag from hell, like that you empathize with and Lip. you feel really bad. Lip is Lip is the like oh, all of them. He turns into all hawk, of yeah. them, but he goes from you know being a piece, you know, being a great kid to being a complete piece of shit. And then on the other hand, same thing. This girl is a great one, and then she becomes a bitch. And this one is a spoiled entitled bitch who has a cosmic awakening and becomes a really good person. And and, and they do. They, there's there's not like okay, this is a bad guy, and in 10 episodes, they're going to be a bad guy, and this is a good guy, and in 10 episodes, they're going to be a good guy. It ebbs and flows between the two of them. If I wanted to nitpick about something, uh, Los Angeles is not a small town. <laughs> and and I think there's more than one Mexican restaurant. <laughs> of all the, the Mexican f- restaurants. Fact that, you know, it's like We're kind of getting one. ahead and spoiling some stuff, kind of. Yeah, yeah, two year, yeah, three year. However, look, but, oh, Mister, uh, Mister, uh, Mister, look at you! You're, I hate you! I hate you! You should, you should. I hate because you. I'm the bad Danielson right now. Right, yeah, I could have spoiled Cobra God. Kai for your fucking ass for two years, and I didn't say a peep. And now it's like, oh, hey, have you heard of this show called Cobra Kai on Netflix? <laughs> I, isn't that what I sent you? Didn't I send you <laughs> saying that? It's like, hey, I don't know if you've heard of this show, uh, but I did. I, I, I watched all, t- all. Two 20, seasons yeah. in about three days, uh, and I didn't do the the, the fast forward the bloop 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 thing. I didn't do that. It's I too good to watch it, them. It's very good. Uh, I will say, you know, it, it, you know, L.A. isn't a small town in the middle of nowhere where there's only three hundred people, and it's funny how all the characters seem to be. Oh, you grew up in Reseda, but you know the school you go to is in Manhattan. Sure, that's plausible <laughs> that you're on the bus for two hours. But the other thing is. Uh, apparently, that takes place in a universe where assault happens to grown-ups on a regular basis, and nobody does something, you know? But that's like, perfect. Oh. I mean, there's just, like, there's moments where, there's so many moments in the show where they make fun of tropes from the past, and they make fun of themselves, but they stick so well to those conventions when they have to, when it advances the story, you know, that you buy into it. It's like, well... It's like it's kind of somebody uh, uh, made the comparison that it's kind of like Scream was to horror, you know, where it knows what it is, but it also embraces what it is. You know, it can make fun of itself, but at the same time, use those licenses to make the story better. And 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 I mean, the writing is fan 
fantastic. Uh, a couple things, uh, and I'll put up the spoiler wall, and you can tell me if I'm getting close to going over it. Um, when you talk about the great writing and how they have such an awareness about themselves and the absurdity of certain things, the lifetime ban on Cobra Kai. Yes. <laughs> the lifetime ban on Cobra Kai. Wait, wait is that a thing? Like, yeah. like half the people on the board aren't 35 years old. And they're like, wait a minute, we don't, what are you talking about? My you know? One thing I will spo- spoil, just be careful out there. Anybody who want to watch Cobra Kai, it's kind of spoilery. When Johnny and his date are in the Mexican restaurant and Daniel and his wife happen to also have to sit next to them at the same exact Mexican restaurant. So not only is it the only Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles, it's packed. Those are the only two tables. Well, that's because it's the only Mexican restaurant in a 20 mile radius, apparently. So they're forced to sit next to each other. They start going in with each other, Daniel and Johnny. And Johnny's date's like, uh, do you know each other? And Daniel's wife's like, oh, they have Warren Karate Dojos. Let's eat. You know? <laughs> and, and the look that they exchange is like, what? Right. Well, that, <laughs> I, love, I love Daniel's wife because she's reality. Like, she's just like... We were having a great life. We were have we have this business, LaRusso Auto Motors, successful, expanding to another location. Yeah, I mean, and you know, she's fit. They have a fun, you know, the nice family. The I mean, the little snotty kid of theirs is kind of a, a you know, tool bag. He kind of a tool bag, like such a douche, such a douche. And Johnny calls him a douche, yeah. but um, you know, but she's just like there to remind Daniel before this Cobra Kai thing, everything was fine. It's like you're getting distracted now you're opening a, your own dojo and you, you have one student yeah, right. and 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 who probably isn't paying because he works for you cleaning the cars at your lot and you're missing running your dealership we're gonna miss the sales quota for this month the sales quota isn't there just for shits and giggles he dipped it's- into his advertising budget for that quarter to pay for his dojo commercial on YouTube. <laughs> uh, so, so my favorite thing about the commercial is just reading the comments. And again, talking about woke 2019, I think it came out in 2019, 2018. It's like, wait, what is cultural appropriation? You already said it in this podcast. They're calling me you know, Daniel the racist. <laughs> and truly, his heart's in the right place. I mean, he's honoring his, his mentor, Mr. Miyagi. Like, but that was his favorite song, and he literally does his thing. It's right, like, it's like, oh, traditional Japanese music much? It's like, but that was literally his favorite song. <laughs> you know, and I thought that was a great way to tie that in. It's like, and, and that's one of those things, it's like, he's not being a racist or, or anything at all. I mean, he was mentored by this great, you know, sensei, and he adopted that culture and, and the philosophies and the, the music, but because he's an Italian kid from New Jersey, it kind of comes across. And how well, I, and how awesome is it when, like, to watch Johnny discover modern times? You know, like, he's so stuck in the 80s. He, he has a tube TV. He's watching Iron Eagle. You know, he's got nothing going on in his life. And then he's forced to, because he wants to grow his business, he's forced to buy a computer. You know, so he's going to the pawn shop and complaining to the guy that, you know, 
I asked for an Apple and you sold me a Dell. You know, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, it doesn't, doesn't turn, turn on. on. Yeah. Did you try the power button? Do you even know what a computer is? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the internet is? It you know, so trying to set up the Wi-Fi and then him discovering the internet. I'm getting too spoilery. No, now. no, no. And then, you know, it's funny, stuck in the 80s. And it was a bit like uh, Tommy Boy when they're driving and that song comes on that they're both like, well, you can change it. Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> Ario Speedwagon. And both Dan, you know. Daniel and uh, Johnny Dan, start singing Daniel along. Johnny just absolutely, it's like, oh, you are a douchebag. You are a bag of rocks. But you know what? I, 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 th- I think this is where the, our reverse. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're both children of the, of the 80s. It, so I did. But like I said, the fact that it was shot in this tiny town called like Los Angeles <laughs> and the fact that, oh, so you can walk into a car dealership, smack somebody around in front of 100 people and walk out of there without any like repercussion. Oh, you can come in you know, smash the guy's car and just say, and that's what that be a lesson to you. Well, what does be a nine one one There's a, and there are a couple of moments when like that happens. Like, you know, like when the mouthy kid, the mouthy nerdy kid, like Dimitri, the the one who like right, he, right. he doesn't have any talent, but he just talks his way out of things, and he's always got an excuse for something. And you know, there's, there, there, so there's some there is a lot of reality grounding or things that bring you down to like, hey, this isn't plausible. That wouldn't work in real real, real life. But the one thing I do want to talk about real quick before we get off topic with Cobra Kai, how fucking great is Paul Walter Hauser, aka Stingray? AKA Tubbs. You know what I'm talking about? The fat guy with the, Oh, oh. Wait. When he when he goes to the kids' party with his girlfriend <laughs> yes. and she's like, I thought we were gonna party. Yeah, this is a party. These are kids from Michael Ryan. Their he, parents are out of town. <laughs> he's, he's gotta be like 32, 30, you know. Well, he's old enough to know who Johnny is from the tournament, you know? Yeah, well, he's he definitely like, he does, right. He's right. definitely like thirties. Like, you know, he, he's, he, he works at home Depot and he's like, you know, he, he's bonding with Johnny over his Metallica t-shirt. Yeah. And then, and it's funny because I, I've seen this before on how I met your mother. Um, the guy taped the forties to his hands and called himself Hercules, a Hercules. <laughs> yeah. And so he tapes the forties on his hands. And then when the cops come and he's trying to run out of there, like all the high school kids. Yeah, exactly. And he can't open the sliding door cause he's stuck on the house. So he has to like use his mouth to slide open. Yeah. The I, door. I forgot, you know, but it was so great. His date, which he works at home Depot, you know, he looks like that. He ain't dating her. Right. Like, like, you know, they took a few liberties, but she was like, I thought we were going to party. This is a party. You know, these are kids. They're like, yeah, they're, they're from my dojo. You know, it's like, what? Why, right. When, or when they're at the Valley Fest, when, uh, the, the oh. when, when they're showing off, you know, like the, 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 the uh, Miyagi-Do people, the, the three from Miyagi-Do, the, Daniel and his daughter and, and the other kid are showing off their moves and one of them uses a bow. And you know, stingrays in the uh, audience, you know, t- trying to hit on some girls. Like, that's a uh, that's a it's called a bow. It's uh the weapon that was used by Donatello from the Ninja Turtles. My <laughs> he was my favorite turtle. <laughs> that that holding of the absurdity of like you know competing like karate demonstrations like like and everybody in the town 
the small town of Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> talking about this. No one's talking about the Dodgers, the Lakers. You know, right? Exactly. Like the whole world revolves around karate. But you know what? Uh, we knew people who whose whole world were karate. And that we, you we, can, we know Steve. Okay. Steve. <laughs> but you know, and also Jim. Jim got involved as well. But that was like when you when you're that age, that can be your entire world, you know? Right. So right. we're overselling karate. I don't think we can oversell Cobra Kai. You can't. You can I mean, uh, you did a tremendous job trying to get me on board. And I watched the pilot like back when when it came out, and you were in love for it. And you, didn't you, you actually spent the eight bucks a month to get it? Yeah, twice, yeah. Like when it came out with the first season, I spent a month of YouTube Premium. Well, I think it was like fourteen dollars a month, and then I was like, yes, I'll do that again for second season. I'll do it. Again. I don't mind. And and it tr- truly, it's it's and I kind of watched it it's like yeah you know uh, you know Joe liked this I, I I I didn't love the Karate Kid movie it wasn't my thing back then I mean it was if you remember from the original zero spaceships <laughs> <laughs> zero spaceships true not one cape not one cowl uh, so so I did I I I, I enjoyed it I mean. You know, there was so much heart in the first season, and the second season was a little darker. But I do, I love how characters changed, how how the recognizable absurdity of their lives in real time is played out for for both of them. You know how Johnny's growing, and 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 Daniel's yeah. regressing and stuff like that. And how um, there's always like the whole point is that there's a, there is no b- bad or good or good or evil it's like it's all kind of a gray mush and you know people can well, be good it, and bad for the most part there's yes. exceptions to the rules right and we won't talk about that character who right is 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 but no cobra kai it's free it's on netflix um i i don't i don't uh overly recommend i gotta go back and, and, and now i'm blanking on the name of it unknown origins you don't have to watch the <laughs> english subtitled on, you know, but uh, but I do. Cobra Kai is Cobra Kai. It's and, badass. And Lovecraft Country are just great. It's badass. And so, what's your parenting tip, Joe? I would say get your kids involved in karate as yeah. soon as possible. Put okay. you know, you know, um, find a a good dojo, yep. or or take them to the bad dojo first. Then they realize, hey, this isn't for me. When when they get verbally accosted in a really awful way and and punched maybe by the dog <laughs> and then have them find their way to the good by the way there. where are the parents like that's the other thing is it's like everybody's there without their parents except for like a you know a couple of people um and then like that that one girl I, more cobra guy then that one girl has like an ex-football player as her father and this is the dojo she's going to <laughs> you know it's kind of like slumming it a little bit or you know yeah yeah dad dad's a well-known you know eight-year nfl so you know they have money and they're driving out to l is it an else again no i forget exactly <laughs> i think it's still isn't it in, it's not in Reseda, huh is it Reseda? okay i don't know uh well, you know where, where our good friend renetsky is you know i, I mm. and, and and i will when i watch things in la I, my my soul that's home for me 
And even even when you go by these the strip malls in El Segundo and Reseda, that uh, they're all the same. Like you you can go down La Cienica for like thirty miles and pass a hundred of the same. It's like yeah, I want to be there. I, I want so 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 your parenting tip is get your kids into karate. So great, I'm I'm, I'm glad to see that you know you'll be spending uh, post quarantine getting the kids. Uh, so, so, so your youngest, wh- wh- which one is his favorite Ninja Turtle? And, and will, he be going, <laughs> will he be going bow staff? Is he going nunchucks? Is he going, you know, I think he's more size? of a sigh. I think he's more of a is sigh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my, my parenting tip is look, applaud your kids for being creative. Applaud your kids for, you know, um, ingenuity, for finding a way to be able to, continue to do what they love for long periods of time, but nip the gamer diaper things in the bud right away. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, you know what I mean? You make sure you say, okay, that's funny. God, that's creative, but not on my watch. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, so that, that would be my parenting tip. And Joe, I, I'll leave you with, with that thought. And I, I hope you're, your long weekend was enjoyable. I look forward to our not Patriot sideshow this week. Zero point zero sideshows. I love it. I love it. Thank you for listening, everybody. We're off for the next three months. But uh... <laughs> ah, I'm just playing with you. We're on, we we'll be here until November third at least. I, I don't know why I picked that date out in the clear blue. But, um, you know, we'll be here every week, I think, just giving our thoughts on society's ills and some of the highlights, too. Some of the, some of the, the laugh lines of America and the culture surrounding it. And, um, anyway, so that's it for the podcast. Thank you for listening. And um, Jacques, I'm gay. And don't forget... <laughs>
Yeah.